Welcome to Shooting the Shit. The podcast bringing bathroom banter from our home to yours. Sit back and relax on your porcelain throne. Hello, and welcome to uh, Shooting the Shit with, with me, Jane. And today I have a lovely guest. We have Cameron, or Cam. Um, and Cameron and I know each other from college. I met him his freshman year. My, was it my junior year? What was your senior year, actually? My senior, oh my God, I'm old. Oh, okay. <laughs> Much older than I thought. <laughs> And um, I wanted to bring Cameron on just to chat about life and such. And then also, um, Cameron um, has been doing some work with fashion and has uh, it historically. And I just kind of wanted to talk to him about that as well. So, how you doing today? <laughs> pretty good, pretty good. It's raining outside, but it's a good day. It's a very like, yeah. it's like a really like odd day to like be awake, but not like in. <laughs> the day but yeah that's fine we're here yeah it's also speaking of you saying it's raining it just started raining here in st louis so (laughs) great minds great minds um so first thing um i wanted to kind of talk about i want to start us off with some like fun bathroom related questions because this is um a sort of bathroom related podcast I guess uh, it's under the realm of like having those candid conversations uh, because the bathroom is the best place to have those um, with your friends after you've been drinking. Um, so <laughs> number one, what has been your favorite bathroom you have ever been in? Do you have one? Yes. Um, I, my favorite bathroom ever would have to be at school, actually. Um, <laughs> Which one? <laughs> so there's this building called Lapata. I think it's Lapata 2. No, yeah. no, it's couples two. Sorry, couples oh, two, couple. couples two, second floor. Um, mm-hmm. The like the right like the right men's bathroom. Super beautiful, super amazing window. You can see out basically, and like you can see out onto the campus. There's a quad out there. Um, it's really cool to be there like, in the fall when like the leaves are changing colors because it's just like this array of orange. Oh, no, but you can't really like see it all. Like yeah. Like, I go to the handicap stall because it's the biggest and, like, no one's ever there anyway. So I'm like, yeah. you know what? it's time to go. Um, but I don't even know. Does that building even have an elevator? Does it have an elevator? It has elevator? an elevator. Okay. The elevator's, like, literally right down the hallway. Okay, yeah, yeah. On, like, the Lapata side of things. Yep. Where, you know, they connect. Where it connects. Oh. Yep, I know what you're talking about. That is a fun building. Not the best cell phone service I found. No. Like, zero service. <laughs> call anybody out like I couldn't even like text my mom <laughs> I'm like well this is it like I'm here but it's fine the wi-fi connects you can scroll through Instagram through yes Instagram YouTube, so yeah and it makes the bathroom experience I guess a little a little nicer when you don't have too many interruptions <laughs> just no can enjoy cool. the nature yeah. yeah nice and then um what is your most loved bathroom product Mm-hmm. bathroom product in what way like 
anything you use in the bathroom. It can be skincare, it can be shower, it can be hair care, bath, if you like lush bath bombs. <laughs> mm, that's a really good question. I, w- I really love my like exfoliating face mask. I've used like the same one since like 2013 pretty much so like I should probably get a new one like it's not the same packaging no no (laughs) not the same packaging obviously but I like use the same brand and it's it's been amazing just kind of like soothes me out like like last year I would always walk around like my dorm like in my robe and like with the face mask on and yeah ready for the rest of the night like he's good to go like he's yeah relaxed I don't know it just like I like literally have to sit there with my face like completely still for it to dry mm-hmm. like, crack and I'm like well go it's fine it's like the one time your face can like fully just like honestly yeah it just like makes it relax and breathe I feel like when you don't have to like move it yeah. or like smile at anybody <laughs> or feign interest yeah. I just, like can't watch like dramatic TV shows with it because then yeah, like, and I'm like, well, it's gonna be cracked now. It's fine. I'll I'll get it together. <laughs> awesome. And then, uh, last of the bathroom questions: What has been the worst bathroom you've been in? <laughs> Would you say? Hmm. I I can't recall like a specific one, but like I hate bathrooms with like plumbing problems mm. it's not like if there's like a drain in the middle of the floor and like I remember like in middle school the bathroom sometimes like flooded really bad yeah and it's like well like is this water from like underneath somewhere or is it water from the top because if it's water from the top we have an issue um, yeah you're like is this is this clean water is this I'm like oh, I need to know if it's like can I step in it? Yeah. yeah. Like, I hate that feeling because then, like, you can walk out of the bathroom and, like, there are, like, tile floors everywhere and it's, like, squeaking. And I'm like, no, I don't want, I don't need to know if there's poop on my shoes. Like, I need to know that. Yeah. Or pee. But, like, I don't know. I just hate those bathrooms and bathrooms. Yeah. Like, bathrooms at gas stations, I really, really hate, except for, like, two. There are, like, two really good gas stations, like, along my way, like, to and from school. I'm like, mm-hmm. I can't I can go peacefully here and I think I'm going to be okay. But. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like gas station bathrooms are really hit or miss. There is no like, okay, gas station bathroom. It's either like, oh my God, like they like did such a nice job. Like I can, I don't have to squat while I go to the bathroom or anything. Like um, someone was murdered here. Yeah. And there's like, it's like some sort of fluid is everywhere, but you don't know if it's water or not. <laughs> Actually, I take back my answer to the previous question. Okay. Yeah. I had a flashback in my mind. There was a bathroom in high school. Like, we went to an away football game. And it's mm-hmm. in, so I'm not going to, like, name the school, but, like, it's in the middle of Chattanooga, Tennessee. And, like, I, that bathroom, like, literally had spiders all over it. Like, I was like, I don't want to pee here, but, like, I've been holding in my pee for, like, an hour. Yeah. Like, there was no other option. But I was like, surely a spider's going to bite me. Like, uh, this is a brown recluse, a brown recluse, like a black widow is going to pop up out somewhere. But, you know, yep. and everything was just shorter, too, because it was, it's been around since like the 1950s. Yeah. So, like, everything was shorter. It was older. Like, they hadn't done the remodel. And, it, like, they always give the away team, like, 
the worst like block room you know what yeah because why not why not fine that's fine we love that yeah spiders in the bathroom are always like a really i don't know why i think because the bathroom is supposed to be a place where you get clean to see like to see nature sometimes inside of it is i think even more jarring than like if i saw a spider in my bedroom i'd be like eh or like the kitchen even is okay. But if I see it in the bathroom, I'm like, why? Why is this happening? It's like the one time you can like turn off. Um, yeah, no, we had a, I think it was a Black Widow when I was younger. I was, I had to go to like an outhouse, um, which I actually don't hate outhouses uh, that much. But there was like a big Black Widow in there and I couldn't go to the bathroom. I just held it in for the next two days. <laughs> It was really bad. <laughs> see it. You do hate to see it. Okay. So, to kind of jump into, I guess, our, our Cameron focus today, um, I wanted to ask you about, I know that you've recently gotten into the world of fashion, um, and I kind of wanted to just talk to you about, like, what, I feel like we haven't really gotten to talk about it, like, what drove you there, um, and also what you hope to do with that. So what drove me to fashion is a combination of things. Um, I remember when I was younger, my dad was like a super flashy person. Like he had these like custom clothes made because I don't like, he had these like custom pants made all the time, which are pants yeah. I'm actually tailoring now to fit myself, which is really, oh, it's, it's that's like wonderful. circle and it's going to be like, I'm really excited about it. Um, but he had all these like custom clothes made. Like he was like an outfit person. Like on the <laughs> week he was going out with his friends, like it had to be like a full, full outfit. And I wasn't like I hated some of his clothes. Like there was a sweater that was like too loud, too bright. I'm like, why do you wear this? Like there's no reason to wear this. But that was like my like full introduction to like what is like luxury clothing, you know? Mm-hmm. Even yeah. it was always like super super luxurious but like it was things that he wore and it was like they were things that were special to him um but like I shortly like after I started realizing about those things like Tennessee state schools like went to uniforms so mm-hmm. at that point it was like oh like I'm just gonna wear khakis and a polo all the time yeah polo for like 13 years as long as I can remember, and it's like, oh, like, I feel like that definitely like stifled my creative, like my creativity when it came like things I wore, especially on the weekends. I'd be like, well, like there's not a uniform to wear here. Like, what do I do? So it was like I spent like years from like middle school to high school figuring it all out. Even freshman year of college, I was like, you can like look back at my Instagram, and there are <laughs> things there. I'm like, oh my god, why did I wear that? But like that goes for anyone. Um, Agreed. <laughs> But people around me were always super creative. Like, I had a friend in in high school who's a fashion design major. Um, people are always like doing something cool with clothes, like wearing it. Like people, other people are always like pressing what the dress code was and like re reimagining those boundaries with the smallest things. And I was always I was always interest, interested in like oh like what is this person wearing this week? Like, not necessarily looking at publications like Vogue, GQ, yeah. Bizarre, but, like, as a realm, like, around me. Like, what were yeah. people what were people in Nashville wearing, like, outside of school? Yeah. Looking um, at real life, like, teenagers using their creativity. 
it was like teenagers, but it was all it was always like the like the oldest class in high school. So like yeah. when I was a freshman, I was like, oh my god, like what are the seniors wearing after school? <laughs> like I would say like my I think a large portion of like what I wore in high school, like on Fridays and like be like on the weekends was largely due to like the class of twenty eighteen. Yeah. Um, even though like looking back at it now like they had almost no style but like besides point (laughs) Um, and then in college I took my first anthropology course and my professor who was my major advisor at one point she went into her research about like like clothing anthropology because what you wear says a lot about you because I have like on this t-shirt right now like you're like oh like he likes peeps like that just like oh like what yeah. kind of person is this person like oh like what kind of shoes do you wear like there are these shoes called hush puppies that like if you were like if you were part of like the it crew in middle school those were like the yeah. shoes or like crocs or like for people who are quirky like not necessarily like just how like doc martens are now for like the edgy like mm-hmm. kids. so i got interested in that because i was like oh like i love studying people like i'm de- i'm a people watcher like yeah I- I'm You're always a person, I just in general, yeah. Yeah, that too. <laughs> like I like. <laughs> they gravitate towards you. <laughs> Thank you. It's like figuring out like what like who people are and like what they're about. Like clothes are everywhere. Like we yeah. have we like, have clothes all the time. We have to wear them, so it's like people's choices and what they wear makes like a lot of. You can make a lot of assumptions about a person, but it also goes back to like the like the history behind that too. Um, and like certain clothes like mean certain things. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's like so definitely like my dad, then like form yeah. and like finally anthropology that really like tossed me to it. Yeah. That's wonderful. And then um have you found opportunities or more, I guess, I feel like in school it's sometimes hard but to really do like your own kind of exploration of fashion and the anthropology of it have you been able to do like any projects or things like that or wanting to pursue them for yourself just for your own self-interest so it's been a mixture of Mm -hmm. ups and downs with that because like in the first few years I was still pre-med when I was like up until I started sophomore year of college so I was like restructuring like my course load and like figuring out like, oh, like do I need to go back from like ground zero? Do I need like mm-hmm. minor things like that? So I had to go back, like rethink like, oh, like what are we, what are these courses doing? But like I took history of fashion sophomore year. I took business of fashion this past year. Now I'm going back and taking fashion design in the fall, mm-hmm. like fashion design. Um, it like, I've kind of had to like, forge my own course yeah makes sense because there's not like one thing in fashion that's like oh like you do x y and z and this is it like yes there is like design where you have to go like top to bottom like you make this garment Mm -hmm. but I've always been about like bigger picture things like figuring out trends like styling like who's wearing what what are the publications saying that we want to do but now I've finally gotten to that point Um, but over like over the years in college it's been like I my project in the history of fashion taught me a lot about things I like didn't even know like came back up and like the like the course of collars shirts 
how these things have transformed over time and like what utility they what utility they were meant for and what they are now so it's really cool um but now it's like for me within the next year getting into like styling publication blogging things like that but i feel like the fashion world is so mixed up right now yes (laughs) like you like you can publish like you can publish any article any blog want to do but then there's also this separate world of like influencers mm-hmm. what they do which like no one really knows what they do still other than like okay. brand. <laughs> like, every day I'm like what does that person do yeah like what I don't actually do right because also like they say that they like love this clothing brand let's say but like it's not something that defines their style I feel like on an everyday basis but because that's the one that they got sponsored for or something or like that they work with that's what we see online and so like I feel like they have so much influence and power over what we all wear because we're like oh they're all wearing this like reformation top or something or like this reformation dress um it's it's weird because then, like, you you know that, like, they're not wearing the same outfit every day. But it's just, like, it's what you see. You know they're not wearing the same outfit. You know they're not wearing that exact same style every day. Because no, yeah. not one part, like, except for, like, the, I think, like, older generations and, like, people, like, our parents' age and, like, grandparents, mm-hmm. things like that. They may, wear, they may wear the same thing, like, every single day or, like, the same, like, overall, like, aspect of things. Yeah but nobody that's like in their twenties is wearing the exact same thing or like the brand every day. Yeah. Because I feel like also like brand, I think brand loyalty and then also just like financially until you're older, you can't like invest in those kind of pieces time after time after time. Like I remember in like the early two thousands, like seeing my mom, get ready for like a nice business meeting with um everybody and she'd have like a St. John suit on and like but that was like her go-to kind of suit like it always she had the same style and I remember when I found out how much they cost um and I was like why do we own this um because to me it was like I feel like because when you're younger the whole idea is like you're figuring out your style um and so you can't like invest and it doesn't make sense for you to like invest in really expensive clothing it's hard to it's hard to invest but when you see so many people investing and like having these things you feel peer pressure yeah like like even now i still feel like peer pressure to wear like x y and z like but like i'm like breaking to like my own set of styles because there are like so many things out there you're like oh like i want these doc martens i want these gray jeans like things like that but i'm like oh i'm not gonna like spend that money like that yeah agreed like, I see, yeah I just see like these like, there's dresses that I see because I love dresses but I'm just like oh that's so nice like I saw like an influencer posting it one time and I was like that's cool and it was like a $200 dress and I'm just like that's just not something I like can put it in, put in now like I just I don't have that type of like disposable income to be like I'm just gonna buy this like very expensive dress that like it's kind of nice. Like, I don't really know if I could like wear it on an everyday basis or like, what is it for? Um, I don't have that, that option. Like these like influencers do when like they're gifted a lot of these clothes. 
um, which also creates a really weird dynamic too, because you're like, did you buy it? Do you really like the brand or did they like, cause those relationships start with like a lot of the brands, at least from what, from what I know when I like see influencers is maybe they purchased something from them, but it was normally something small and then the brand saw it or if they're well-known enough, the brand actually would be the first to reach out to them and like gift them clothing. And then they're like, try it on. They're like, oh, I like it. And then they start saying like, oh yeah, I love this brand. Like da 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 da. And I'm not saying they don't love the brand, but it's like, that wouldn't happen to a normal person. <laughs> well, there's this power dynamic of sorts. It's like, mm-hmm. I give you these clothes because I think you look cool. You're going to like promote my business. Yeah. But I like, you almost enter into this like I own you phase. Yeah. When it's like I'm never gonna be like, oh my God, like I like I'm I'd never wanna like create my feed and like my post to have someone else run it. Because at that point it's like, oh like you put together this outfit, but like we run you. Yeah. And it creates like a really especially now when I think in the age of so, uh, like social media kind of uncovering a lot of things about a lot of these clothing brands and, and, and beyond clothing brands too, like other fashion brands, like jewelry, things like that, accessories, um, about them maybe not being equitable uh, to their workers or finding out about past grievances people have had with them, um, them being racist or sexist. Like, I think in the age of all of this, it's also even harder because like, you sign as an influencer at least like i'm assuming because it is like a business you sign a contract with them no, for you're a certain certain. period of time um, sign contracts and like are ready to like it's a binding legal agreement yeah you like and you're like a contract worker of sorts yeah and like then it becomes like a how can you i just think something it's how can you like love what you do and like be somebody who wants to like show show your community show your followers like the newest and greatest and things that you feel represent you when you are literally like bound to a corporation <laughs> that like we know now too do horrible things to their workers but you're stuck and it's like a really it's interesting it's a it's a weird um realm that I think we're we're now in that I don't think we ever thought that we would get in in no. some ways oh goodness no like I never thought we'd I never thought we'd be in a place to like call out large fashion brands and large publications yeah. just like businesses in general because they are so like they're at the top of the hill and like everyone yeah. at the bottom of the hill but it's like a, now it's becoming a more level playing field and like a lot of things in the world are being restructured like before my very eyes, which I like never thought I would see before. But. Yeah, you all, like I always felt like the people, the people in power would remain in power because that's kind of how history's worked in a lot of ways. Um, and the only way to kind of dismantle that is a coup. Um, but I guess there is a social media coup occurring right now, which I think is going to be really great, but also definitely has its rests and opens up a lot of. Um, issues i think for the future where like other people would come in and also do bad things it opens up so many cans of worms <laughs> we like i i'm very interested to see like the rise and fall of social media over our lifetime yeah there's like so many like um so many social media platforms have like fallen and risen as we've gone along in time and so many are like 
like Facebook still like fighting to like be a priority in people's lives. It serves its like own purpose, but like with Instagram now, it's like, what is each like Instagram story like showing? What is it actually doing? Yeah. You and I can post Instagram stories about like different like movements mm -hmm. and like going on in the world all day long, but like, who is it actually reach? Like who is it reaching? Yeah. And like, when does this become redundant and when is it performative actually? Yeah. And I think that's also the, I think that's the same issue that Facebook ran into. I think that's why they're clawing their way a bit too right now. And like why they had the Facebook stories is like, it was all about your statuses. So you would like post your statuses, like this is what I did today. And then it became very politicized, which is great because you can share your political opinions and have those discussions. But again, like you said, like who is it reaching? And at the end of the day, if you have a Facebook or you have an Instagram or you have a Twitter, you can easily decide who and who cannot follow you um, or who or who not like who's going to be your friend so those are the people that are going to be seeing it so like what is it is that question of like what is performative um like at what point and how do you how do you take things off the screen and into the real world when while also still valuing that like a lot of the stuff that does happen on those screens like can be really valuable like if we talk about like Arab Spring, like that whole rising came out of Twitter, like, which is really cool, but it's just, it just, it definitely makes me wonder about kind of the future of all of this. I do think things are going to take a, I feel like Facebook's already kind of dead in the nicest way, dead in the water. Like it's like, to me, Facebook doesn't really serve a purpose to me. It's only so I can like see like Facebook events and then if my parents have like us it gets Mother's Day or something I'll post a photo and share it on Facebook so my mom's friends can see it has its own like purpose and time for everything yeah so it's like just as like clothing does and like certain <laughs> clothing do it's like we are for like this certain crowd like we yeah. are going to exist always it's like it's like your basic white t-shirt at the end of the day it's going to be around and always, I think, I'm not necessarily going to say it's always going to be present, but it's going to be around for an extent of time. Yeah, it's going to be there. And you can choose whether or not you want to engage with it. Um, or also, like you said, with like a white t-shirt, like there can be variations of it. So like you can tie-dye the shirt, you can add pockets to it. Like they add little, like now they have like the Facebook story. So like there's, there's things that can, they can do to make it relevant. Um, but yeah, it is it is interesting because Facebook was such a thing. I feel like when we were younger, oh, not even that long ago. Like I just when I was in high school, Facebook was everything. Because yeah. it was like, oh, like what are you? Like, where are you going to college? What are you doing now? Yeah. What's your relationship status? Like, yes, I like yeah. for the day when I like change my relationship status on Facebook <laughs> for like the last time. Like this is it. Like this is it, boys. Like, yeah. <laughs> but yeah. It's weird. I remember, like, always there was a huge debate of, like, what your profile picture would be, like, when you updated it, and, like, there was always this debate, too, of, like, is it too soon to update my profile picture? Like, will people think I'm being vain if I, like, update it within, like, three months, or, like, but if I wait six months, then, like, it'll be the same time of year again, and I won't be able to post, like, a summer photo, and <laughs> it was crazy. <laughs> Still is. I feel like now we have Instagram, which is, like, you kind of, depending on what kind of stuff you post it can be a lot of that same 
kind of deciding like, oh, is this selfie too vain? Um, when like at the end of the day, if like you feel good and you look good, like you can just post it. But it's, there's a lot of this like, similar with clothing, there's a lot of this like hidden messaging that you yeah. don't even know you're giving off. <laughs> wow you did that and you're like I didn't know what (laughs) I like there's like this certain Drake song that's like he talks about this girl who like posts pictures like after her vacation's over like I don't know if you really remember when that trim was going on but it was like oh like I'm gonna post this like after I've been to Italy or something yeah I think like I'm still living my best life I'm like sweetie we don't care like we know vacation was like two weeks ago like yeah like that's, yeah the people that you're actually friends with and like you want to like you or like you hope have that they they know what's going on in your life typically hopefully if like they're good friends right. yeah they know when you're traveling they know when you're doing things they saw they saw that photo that you texted them before you posted it on facebook or before you posted it on instagram with the filter like they know <laughs> like that's a weird thing about like what like I always look at what people wear in their like Instagram posts mm-hmm. like that because it's always like oh like I'm doing this and that like I'm gonna like look this way yeah like we we saw Instagram change from like people posting regular photos of like them in their backyard in like 2013 to yeah. like, like five thousand filters on this photo yeah but and it's weird because like they'll have like. 5,000 filters on the photo but you can't like really tell like if it is like one or if it's if it is like three or oh did they run this through Facetune did they run this through like whatever there's like another one called like snap something did they run it through Visco did they run it like because they're like out of range Visco (laughs) oh my god Visco (laughs) still I'm like I want to use Visco and like pardon me like to be trendy like that yeah like you're gonna get it how you get it like it doesn't matter yeah yeah but it's it is interesting it's also something I've noticed recently I don't know if like you've noticed with people you follow but a lot of the like influencers I follow they've been doing a lot of like grain on their photos to make them look like they actually took them with like a real camera (laughs) which is like a new thing that I think is really interesting um because you could just take it with a real camera but I guess like the immediacy factor of it is lost because that's what we need <laughs> with social media. The authenticity, like the, I hate to say this, but it's like the fake authenticity. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to show you as much as I want you to see. Like I'm going to be, I'm going to be authentic with you, mm-hmm. but to an extent and make it also like, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm trying to be authentic, but yeah. like you're still going to see only this like certain portion of me. Yes. Like, it's like cutting into a cake almost. Like, you can't see what's fully inside, but like, yeah. I'm going to give you the slice right here. Like, it's not like going to be that. a piece, it's going to be an edge, but you don't know there's a filling in there, too. But. Yeah. Yeah, it is interesting, kind of like the performative authenticity on social media, I think. Because then it makes you question yourself of like when you actually are maybe being revealing or authentic and like sharing something about your life that goes beyond your group of friends maybe like your friends probably know if you have like that relationship with them but like if you're sharing something about mental health or um about like growing up or a hard time that you've had it's just like it's weird because like there's this moment right after you post where you're like did I just do this because I wanted people to pay attention to me or like what was 
what was my goal in this? That's like my, that's my biggest issue now. Mm -hmm. I've been like super careful with what I have been post. I haven't posted since January. Like here we are in at the end of July. And I'm like, well, like I, I haven't like, I don't know. I haven't had anything like I felt was like meaningful enough to like yeah. share with everyone. But I remember like two years ago, I was always like trying to like stay abreast of like who is who. Like mm -hmm. I like I remember like posting pictures with like someone I was like dating at the time and like trying to. I remember that there was a specific there was a string of photos that I posted. Yeah. I was like, oh, like I'm gonna woo this person. Like this is it. Like, yep. Definitely. Like, this is the post is gonna be like we're like we're gonna steal the deal. We're gonna steal the deal. I'm like, why am I doing this? Like, why is it? But also, like, the captions on those, like, so weird. I think I was just posting, posting I'm like, why did I do this? Or why did I feel the need for this? But, yeah. Yeah, it's weird. I feel like especially now with, um, with all of the social justice movements, I feel like that's something that at least I've been, been struggling with a lot of just, like, figuring out when and where and why I should be posting sometimes because... Like, should I be posting? Should I just be resharing? If I am posting, or if I am resharing, do I add my own commentary? Like, is that necessary to add my own commentary? Or is that taking up space? Um, or then, like, I know, like, something really, like, recently, I was sent the whole, like, um, hashtag challenge accepted, the mm -hmm. Women Supporting Women, um, which has a lot of, like, debate going on about, like, why it started and so they've said like it actually started back in like 2016 and this is just another resurgence of it uh but that it's related to the femicide in turkey and it's just like figuring out like okay i got asked to do this by like someone i care about do i just tell them what it's really about or do i post it too and like that debate of like is that educating people or is that still kind of being like sometimes i feel like it's like oh look at me i have all the info Right. And it becomes this, like, kind of, like, a, I become, like, that annoying kid in the back of class that, like, I don't want to be. I think it's also because of, like, the culture that we went to college in. Also, like, I, there, like there's this race in the world to be, like, the wokest person. Yeah. <laughs> to, like, educate everybody else around you. I'm like, sweetheart, I'm 21 years old. I can't, I cannot educate everyone around me all the time. I'm yeah. not, like, I'm not going to get up here and be like, oh, like, I'm perfect in every way possible. Yeah. We all play into larger systems of, like, we all play into larger systems, whether we like it or not, that, like, yeah. affect somebody else. And there's, like, a, there's a certain point where you have to get, where you have, where you're, like, oh, I'm going to post this because somebody else needs to see it. Mm -hmm. Or I'm it to make sure like I am like I am seen in a way yeah yeah but. and it's like the question of like sometimes I think one thing that is nice I guess about like posting stuff like that is even if it doesn't even if it is in a um I guess an echo chamber potentially if you're somebody who is posting that that hopefully like when you see it yourself like that you posted it you're like hold yourself accountable to that um i think that's the one thing that is nice is that there is a kind of like running record of you saying these things and then if you don't do those things then someone can say mm, <laughs> and hold you accountable um which i guess is a good thing it's a really it's a good thing but it's also like 
it's really weird to see like things backtracking. Like I watched this like documentary yeah. on Netflix, like three, no, I think it was last weekend. Um, it's called The Remix. It's, yeah. Obviously I just said it's on Netflix, but it's about like black culture, hip hop, mm. and how that like, like blaze a trail for fashion today. Yeah. What like what it has been, I think since like the late, it's all like, Black culture has always been present in fashion, no yes. matter what. Yeah. But, like, it's really, like, showing hard today. Mm-hmm. Um, and, like, they go back and, like, talk about these, like, really great designers, like Dapper Dan, Misa Hilton. Yeah. Phenomenal. These phenomenal works of art. Like, I have never seen things like this in my life. Like, I remember my dad, like, used to have some of this stuff. And I'm like, oh, my God. Like, that is that like that yeah. make- making those connections yeah like those connections is like so weird and like see people like seeing people on runways and influencers post things like this and i'm like sweetheart if only you knew where this came from yeah to go and like to go, for these companies to backtrack and like now mcm has like a partnership with misa hilton who like did them like she styled little kim mary j Bly to like to now see influencers like posting these like photo shoots in these like monochrome like wigs and like photo shoots and things I'm like if only you knew where this originated and if only this woman was given her like if she was given her flowers like during that time yeah. we'd be in a completely different world now yeah like, it's social media is good for that because it like you can go back and like backtrack like oh are they doing what they said they would do like yeah holding them accountable but like those people also have to know to hold themselves accountable yes. and do the right thing yeah yeah I think that's the hard I think the hardest thing is like this whole it's almost like this timeline like this history that you have to keep coming back to in order to keep yourself I think aware of why you're doing things and like how those things that you do even if you don't realize in the moment like impact other people yeah yeah it's insane to like see things coming back to life like now like everything from like the 90s from like late 80s nine like all 90s and some early 2000s like come back i'm like oh you would never you wouldn't even be caught dead in like a tank top yeah years ago like just like a regular tank top like on like the street like on the streets of new york yeah it's not a thing but now like these like small frame glasses like like all this vinyls coming back i'm like what in the world like you people like everyone thought this was weird yeah and years ago but like you're bringing it back now like yeah i'm curious to see like what the next like big trend is going to go to yeah because there was like a there was a time in the 90s where there was like anti-fashion everything yeah. very what am I trying to say I can't think of the word I cannot think I really hate that I can't like say no, the word. um everything was like very anti-fashion anti-establishment but now those things are coming back but like 25 years ago that was like oh my god like you'll never see the light of a runway ever again I'm like hold up I I'm sure I saw this in a documentary like five months ago. Yeah. Like, I saw this like in a movie, like in the history of fashion class. I'm like, wow, that's insane. But. Yeah. It's interesting. The, I think 
how fashion really like like you said when you first heard about it with anthropology um like as a as a field of study like you'd obviously discuss fashion before but i think it is such an interesting way to look at culture because we can look at culture through so many different lenses like i did i studied linguistics so it was like a lot of language for me um and for some people that seems more concrete but even that's not concrete just like fashion like of course isn't like it's so fluid in how it it changes with with time with um changes within the culture with counterculture like you said like with like the whole anti-fashion anti-establishment um and also like the political systems at play and how those interact with culture like we have so many different at least in the u.s we have so many different cultures at play which i think is so cool and also sometimes overwhelming, <laughs> but it makes, I think, fashion such a, I think it's actually something that like we should talk about more and just how we present ourselves in the world because it is literally the first thing that you see. Like, yes, language can influence how you perceive somebody, but I look at somebody before I hear them speak. So Definitely. I know, and I've made assumptions in my head of exactly the type of person they are. What what maybe communities they belong to. Um, what are they probably interested in based on what how they're dressed? Uh, you can even sometimes like look at some of the way someone's dressing, you can see what socioeconomic class they're likely to be in. So it's just, it's interesting how much it reveals about you. It re like it reveals a lot, but not a lot at the same time. Yeah, cause like you also have a lot of say, if you're somebody who knows fashion or wants to or cares about how they're perceived and like has that awareness which I think anybody can I think it just takes you have to take that time but you can present yourself in a very different way of actually how you are which is also a little scary sometimes it's very scary because I can, it's like, like trickery yeah in the fittings over the summer with my boss and like you wouldn't even like guess I owned like some of the like at heart I'm a very like big athletic wear person like yeah. I be comfortable I will wear joggers wet pants to like the day I die like I'm like I need to like be able to sit on the couch yeah move my body <laughs> I need to be able to move around like do things around the house but I was like sit on this couch and relax mm -hmm. like I when I pull out the, like those Chelsea boots those yep. black jeans and that shirt like I am coming to like run a business right now yeah but it's it's interesting it's yeah it's like playing we give a lot of credit to to actors and like hollywood and everything but in reality we're all kind of we're all kind of doing the same thing every day in a <laughs> weird way yeah like when i when i put on like a teaching outfit like a dress and like i have my badge on it's just very different mindset right like, everything changes because you are like, in that moment you're draining the teacher yeah like, but like no one like people wouldn't know she's like oh like she's 20 something yeah like, like they would know obviously but like they wouldn't know like oh this is jane like the person who is like doing all this random other stuff yeah like, they know about like your emt work yeah like, yeah that was always i remember like wearing that uniform and like feeling like a completely different person even though i wasn't i was still the same exact person it was just this like different side of me. And when people would see me in it, they'd be like, oh, <laughs> okay. Like, oh, she does that? Like she, she can save my life? Like, 
she can save my life, but she can also like go like I like a she can go like twenty minutes later, go change and be like like runway ready. Yeah. I think about those posts like I like get you like a girl or guy or like significant other who like (laughs) both. I'm like, yes, I can do both. Like I will put on these sweatpants and also be ready to like run down Rodeo Drive. Yep. (laughs) But that's what I think that's what's so cool about fashion and just like I think the thing about fashion that's really cool is there's a lot of ways to gain accessibility to it. Um, but there are still a lot of barriers, but there is also, I feel like there's a lot of work happening. I think, especially with the sustainability movement and with thrifting in like productive ways that can, that has made uh, different fashions like more accessible for people, which has been really cool. So they can express themselves in different ways. It's been amazing in that regard, but it also scares me at the same time. Yeah. Because I am, like, someone I don't, like, I'm fortunate enough to not have to thrift if I don't want to. Yeah. It's more of, like, a, yeah, it's a, it's a choice. Like it's a choice to go to a thrift store now. Yeah. And it's, like, a choice that, like, I'm going to continue making, but also, like, is our thrift, our thrifting is impacting people who can't necessarily afford, like, yes. like, I went to the thrift store the other day and, like, bought, like, two pairs of jeans. Yeah. I saw people in there, like, who I had just seen, like, panhandling on the street, and mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, my God, like, what am I doing? am I like taking away from them? Yeah. Like I can afford, I can afford to go to like a department store. Like, yeah. And buy like H&M jeans or something. Right. Yeah. These people can't necessarily do that. So it's like, mm-hmm. all these trends are like, everything has like some sort of like back play to it. And it's still yeah. someone, but it's hard to, right now it's hard for me to justify like, Oh, I'm going to do like X, Y, and Z. But yeah I think it's like what you said earlier of this idea of like no matter what we do we're all playing into systems on some level like in systems that sometimes we're not even aware of and systems that we're completely aware of that we think we're not involving ourselves with but like we are like I I enjoy thrifting um just for me it's I like old things um and things that I feel like they just fit me better but at the same time, it's, it is true. Like when I go in there, it's like, am I taking something that could be somebody's work outfit? Like right. that they could do a, a first job interview in. Um, and I so think, like figuring out ways of like, okay, what can I do to, to help with that? And like to figure out a way for me to thrift in a responsible way. Right. And not like in an excessive way that also still like provides support for people that actually are truly benefiting from this service and like how can we make that more accessible to them right like i just i'm like now in this very moment i'm worried about so many teenagers getting to this like mindset of thrifting yeah like like thrifting is like to them what like what of boots were to like like the peak of high school it's like oh like um I'm gonna go out here like get all these things but now they're like they're going directly to the thrift store like that's where like these kids are going on dates now and I'm like oh that's I'm like that's weird because I like I remember when like going to Goodwill used to be like a like it was looked down upon yeah wow like we've really we've come full circle but yeah yeah and it's interesting because it's like you have all these kids in the 
I've, I've seen like some videos and like Instagram influencers that are younger, like they'll do their thrift hauls and stuff. And I'm just like, you just took like white t-shirts and like other, like, like you took things that could easily be found at a department store. And also that like, based on my understanding of you, you have the money to pay for it. And so it's like a little bit confusing, <laughs> but it's, but it's also hard because like I thrift too, like it's, and like trying to figure out how to do that in a like, I don't know. Yeah. It's like, it's hard. Cause I know that a lot of, I've worked, um, I was lucky enough to like work in a, uh, it was actually my sister and I, we did it together. We would organize, um, the storehouse of a, it wasn't a Goodwill. It was similar to a Goodwill, but it was, it was back in Maryland and it was called a wider circle. And their whole thing was, um, providing support for families making the transition to a more permanent home. So as families that um, had saved up enough money or had found um, affordable housing. And so they could move out of a shelter, move out of a family friend's home and into their own. And so like we had clothing, we had furniture, we had school supplies, we had everything. And it just, it did, I think, remind me of just like the impact that like I had when I was like thrifting for stuff and like why these spaces are needed for people to like right. just for people that need it. And like, this wasn't for me. Like it wasn't for me. Like I was there to provide them a service because they deserve that service and they deserve to have access to as many clothes as they need, bedding, furniture, school supplies for their kids. Um, and also they ran a, um, it was really cool. They ran this like interview, uh, like what, not a symposium, like an orientation, um, for individuals, for adults to get practice interviewing and like build their resumes, things like that. So they could apply for jobs. And so it's like, those aren't for me and that's okay. But we had to figure out ways to continue to support them and not take away from them. And I think that's some of the issues that we run into. I love those programs. Yeah. I, I think when I am like, because I've only like thrifted like maybe twice now fully, but like all the time I'm like going through like my like dresser and my closet. Mm-hmm. Oh, am I wearing this anymore? Or like, can this be like, this is something that somebody else can use? Like, I, yeah. I have a dress shirt today that I haven't worn, and I'm like, oh, I don't necessarily need it. Like, I yeah. too, and I'm like, oh, this can be somebody's interview shirt. Yeah, and I think that's for me. That's really helped with like when I've cleared out my closet in the past of just like think about like what this could be used for and not just be like oh I don't like it anymore like meh and like throw it in a bag and then like drop it off at goodwill but like be more purposeful of like what I am giving mm-hmm. um and also finding programs that like good goodwill is great but there are some issues with it but and finding those programs that like in your community where they provide those like interview preps and like get them ready for that or get them into a new home. So like those that you can have like that direct impact on the community around you. Cause Goodwill is fine. It's just, it's, since it's so large, sometimes you don't really. You don't know where it ends up going. You don't, yeah. You don't know where it ends up going. And sometimes it ends up in the dumpster and like, that's not the goal. Right. The goal is for somebody else to like use it at some point. Yeah. To them. Yeah. To breathe new life into that piece that like, I think that's what so that's what I find so cool about like thrifting and also donating clothes is like you get to something that like meant so much to you or you have these like weird or crazy memories in you get to now like give that to somebody else and they get to make their own um 
because clothes in a weird way is kind of like being able to like share share a home in a lot like That's easier of a way. Sharing memories. And yeah. Not necessarily sharing the memories, but you are passing on like something that meant so much to you. Yeah. And it's something that I think is very uniquely human in how we were able to connect across um, a lot of boundaries and a lot of barriers that are put in our way. Um, and clothing is one of the ways I feel like we're able to do that, which is really beautiful. Yeah. <laughs> that was a dramatic, <laughs> that dramatic ending. <laughs> um, trying to think of what else I had to ask. That was like a really fun discussion on fashion and like social media <laughs> and like where we're headed. <laughs> it's, it's a weird place. I like make a lot of graphics now for my boss. And yeah. About like what is best to post for him? Like what's not good to post, but also mm -hmm. think about like once I do start doing things on my own, I'm like, oh, like do I want my business to be like X, Y, and Z? I'm like thinking of practices that can like, yeah help other people along the way too because yeah. I've, all right this has been like my biggest like my biggest pet peeve with fashion it's like well i'll list all my pet peeves but like my biggest pet peeve is like okay what are you doing like how does it affect other people how can other people like become better from all of this like i'm not i don't want to produce anything that's going to like not make someone do better be better and like feel better about themselves yeah like a lot of like people don't necessarily like pass on like their like what they've learned to someone else. I've been yes. so, so grateful. There's this like hoarding of knowledge. No, it's it's really, really bad. But like I found like in some spaces it's like, oh, like I am like a design student, like this is what I do to like the like to the death of me. Or like you have some corporate places mm -hmm. who are like like I I can like go up to you with like my resume and like my project that I did. Like I my partner and I within like the fall semester like made this like master project like this business yeah but like my business practices aren't like gonna match well with yours necessarily but like mm -hmm. you're gonna like hoard all the information I'm like I'm learning I'm new like I'm trying to take in as much as possible and like so I can pass it down to someone else like I hate when people are just like oh like I'm not gonna email you back about this thing or like I'm not going to tell you, like, hey, you need to do X y, and, X, y, and Z right now to be successful in the future. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's understanding that you you can have a dream and you can succeed while also creating space for other people to succeed alongside of you. Right. I think a lot of people, I think it's not only in the fashion world, it's just in so many different realms, which is horrible, of just, like, in order for me to be the best I can be, I have to tear other people down or I have to hold them back by not revealing information or not giving them the time of day um, and feeling like threatened by somebody else also being interested in the field that you're in. Right. Because at the end of the day, like we all bring something very unique to the table. And so like you shouldn't feel threatened by that. And like, if you do feel threatened, that's kind of on you. That's yeah. not that's not the fault of some college student who like reached out to you about like an internship opportunity. But even sometimes it can be like other college students at the same time. <laughs> yeah. Sitting down with people, I'm like, hey, tell me about your internship. What did you do? Like I need I yeah. wanna every single detail. And I'm like, oh like I like ran this few reports. I'm like, so what can you explain? Like, like why do you not wanna 
I like I will always respond to people who are like younger than me or just like even like same age I don't care I'm like whatever you need yeah wherever you're at in life if like you have a question about something and you're asking just respond <laughs> respond to if you have the answer to the question respond um, and if you don't have the answer to the question but you know someone that has the answer to the question direct them in the right direction right it's not that hard it's, it's not i just like can't wait because what do they think is going to happen after they all go like who's <laughs> i think like there has to be like a changing of the guard mm-hmm. so, people, like i think people in not only not just the fashion world but like i think of like large publications like there are figureheads at the oh top my God. i think back to Del Wars prada oh, yeah that's like the first movie that always comes to mind i'm like yeah somebody else is gonna have to do something around here once you like leave like i don't know what else you want but like you can't hold all that knowledge forever like it's like yeah and you're not even like you have people working under you that would be that are incredibly intelligent that are like picking up all of this stuff very quickly and it's honestly just like a danger to the empire in like of what you built. Yeah. Like if you don't want to share that knowledge with somebody else, then when you leave, like it's so hard to trans. First off, it's already so hard to transition people in general when you do have information. Like I've been onboarded a many a time, and it is hard because even when the people are supposed to give you the information or supposed to have set it up, and they sort of did, it's a hot mess. It's always a hot mess. And so to like hoard that information and not tell them and then just be like, okay, I'm retiring or I'm taking a new position. And like this person, you, you're going to start in two weeks. Like how the hell are they supposed to do the job anywhere near to what you did if they don't know anything? Right. It's, it's insane. There are just like so many, there are so many issues. Well, like I, hopefully like I plan on like, fostering a community of like people that like mm-hmm. know how to do the things like yeah. I'm, gonna, I'm gonna like take you step by step like what yeah. it means to do x y and z I'm gonna like teach you like hey you should not do this when you're going in for an interview yeah. or like you should do this like bouncing like ideas off of one another like yeah. we're all human at the end of the day like you know and we all have ideas and we all have like it's yeah. like you have to allow more seats to be at the table Yes. But people... If you don't, the table's gonna... There's no collapse. Like, yeah, you know, eventually, because you'll just have all this shit on it. <laughs> it's a mess. But, it's a mess. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Well, thank you, Cameron, for coming on and chatting with me today. Um, I hope to have you back on soon. And yeah, other than that, I hope you have a wonderful rest of your day. Thank you.